JM in the AM on this Thursday morning. Well, one of our dear friends for a long, long time and a great supporter of ours in so many ways for decades, and at this point it really is multiple decades, is Myron Sugarman. And uh, Mr. Sugarman, as I call him, and as I have for the last, oh my gosh, probably close to 50 years, uh, is the uh, autobiographer of a book entitled The Chronicles of the Last Jewish Gangster, From Meyer to Myron. And he's uh, written this book. He's on a tour, uh, which will include a, um, a couple of stops uh, on Long Island. And um, you'll have an opportunity during those stops to actually meet him and uh, you know purchase the book, etc. And he is with us live via telephone on this Thursday morning broadcast. Mr. Sugarman, welcome back to JM in the AM. Okay, nice to be on with you, Nachum. And uh, our family history goes back a long, long time. Your esteemed, venerated father, Alabashalom, was the great, great Rabbi Zeb Siegel. In case you know, you got the younger people there; they have no, no, no knowledge of this particular background of yours. Your father was unbelievable, unbelievable. Head of the RCA Rabbinical College of America. You come from great, 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 um, great, uh, great, uh, uh, great people. I, Tremendous. I, I greatly appreciate that, and uh, <laughs> it's funny when I'm Newark, New Jersey. Your father was. Everybody, North New Jersey, Rabbi Zeb Siegel, that was, that was a name everybody knew, everybody respected, everybody admired. So I just want your listening audience to know, I'm North New Jersey, my father, I love Shalom, is North New Jersey. Everybody, everybody, answer to your father. Uh, that, right? that, 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 that was tremendous. I guess you could say that was his territory, huh? That was the, the, the root of his, I mean, that was his the home base, all right? But that influence went from one end of the United States all the way over to Palestine, because your father was definitely involved in the struggle for the independence of Israel. Remember, he was born there. Yep. He fought, he fought, and, um, oh, he was, as a young, as a young man. I remember. He was, for, for... He was, he was, invo- he was involved in the struggle to get rid of the British. Correct. And then at the same time, you know, helped to establish the state of Israel. He was intimately close with every prime minister, uh, and with the Lubavitcher Rebbe, I'll ever show him. Yeah, well, you certainly remember your history, Mr. Sugarman, that's for sure. I remember you telling one of my uh, one of my kids, his grandson, uh, that there was a certain awe, a certain fear, if you would, a loving fear that he exuded when he walked into a room. And... Uh, well, for- Reminded us of Moses, of Moshe Rabbeinu, <laughs> wow. tall, handsome. Uh, the man could stand. Your your father could stand up and in a matter of seconds, uh, deliver a, a discourse remarkable and make Torah uh, contemporary so that we understood it in today's context. He was a rarity. Well, I I, so, I appreciate so that. I, I pay big big tribute. And in the meantime, uh, I wrote a book. It's called The Chronicles of the Last Jewish Gangster. You asked me why I bought it and why I wrote it, because I'm broke, and I'm hoping that I can come over today and you'll cash a check for me. <laughs> and I, okay, I don't know if I should say this on the air, but I did joke with you before when you said it that I'm not sure you know what a check is, but that's a, just just an inside I found, out re- I found out recently, somebody, somebody <laughs> told me what it's all about, all right? <laughs> somebody gave you one, huh? I love it, I love it, I just love the idea of a check, it's fantastic. 
I mean, meantime, I mean, let, let's um, let's talk, let's talk about some of the positive elements because I know you know people, of course, you know have their opinion about uh, about people involved in interesting lines of work. Let's talk about some of the positive elements. This country right now is. Um, uh, you know, well aware of those who are uh, uh, not exactly fond of minority groups. Jews, of course, prom- prominent among those groups that they're not fond of. And we see some of the things that have been going on. This, this is something that you were involved with many, many decades ago when it was not nearly as comfortable for a Jew to live in this area as it is today. So um, there's two things. There's two, two, two points. One, the book is an autobiography. It tells a story about the... Um, you know, my travels throughout the entire world, my involvements with uh, uh, underworld bosses in just in many, many countries, certainly here in the United States, I knew them all, because I was born and raised in that world from my father's time going forward. Now, in my father's time, there was the, um, there was a very dear friend of ours, Warren Grover. And Warren Grover wrote, came to me and asked me to introduce him to the old-timers that were involved in the struggle, in the war, or the battles with the Nazi, American Nazi Party in the 1930s. You and had and, and just, just explain to the audience that it was really prevalent at that time. Well, if, if, the, the, um, if they'll Google, they'll see that the American Nazi Party in 1939 had 20,000 American Nazis in uniform at Madison Square Garden. Under the under the tutelage, under the leadership of Fritz Kuhn, who wanted to be uh, the um, uh, Hitler, the Maximo of uh, of the United States of America, so the anti-Semitism was was totally prevalent at that time in the United States, and so in, here in North New Jersey, and by the way, your father, your father again uh, knew everybody. Um, So we had an underworld boss who was on the same level with Meyer Lansky, understated, underrated, but his name was Abner Longy's Roman. Right. My 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 father, underworld boss of New Jersey. My father actually, my father actually officiated, I believe, at his mother's funeral, if I'm not mistaken. I believe you're right. I believe you're right. And uh, he was a proud Jew, a patriotic Jew, as all of that generation was. And my dad, Allah Basholem, was very close with Longy. They grew up together in the Third Ward, uh, Prince Street, right. and um, they were business associates yeah. <laughs> during Prohibition. Right. So Longy, uh, there was a prize fighter by the name of Nat Arno, a Jewish guy. We had many, many Jewish prize fighters in that time. We, we dominated one-third of the championships in the world. Not Arnold came to Longy's Roman, came to Abe's Roman and said to him, listen, this American Nazi party was starting to harass Jews, and Longy was aware of it to his mother, told him the same thing. They formed an organization called the Minutemen. The Minutemen meant in a minute you would make a phone call to a club, to a bar, to a luncheonette, and every Jew in the, in the, in the place would come running out and um, brass knuckles, do whatever they There'd be a meeting of the American Nazi Party up on uh, Springfield Avenue from Newark going into Irvington. And for, during the period of the 30s, this, all of this is documented in a book written by a dear friend of ours, Warren Grover, called The Nazis of Newark. Yeah, we, but we, would, we, when, he re- when, he re- when he released the book, we had him on the air. Right. And uh, he did a fantastic job of researching and uh, documenting every every battle that took place in New Jersey at the time, it wasn't just one fight. 
It was nonstop until they had, the Nazis finally gave up, and then, of course, there was World War One, World War Two. That was declared was the end of the Nazis. Um, as a matter of fact, Fritz Kuhn was charged with um, embezzlement of the funds from the American Nazi Party. They got locked up and they deported them after the war. Now, that was one aspect, that was one major, major aspect contribution that the mob, the Jewish mob, because all the guys that participated in beating up the Nazis, the vast majority of them were either gangsters, thugs, or um, um, prize fighters, um, and just regular dock workers, just regular, regular guys that uh, in the minute, uh, named after the Minutemen for the American Revolutionary War, they would go and wherever the Nazis were meeting, they um, they'd go in on them and just and um, do work, uh, do some serious work on them. And now the same thing happened in New York and Manhattan. Judge Nathan Perlman and the Reform Rabbi Stephen Wise went to Meyer Lansky and said, Mr. Lansky, in Yorkville, you got these Nazis and the American Nazi Party in a meeting and they're this and that and so forth. Would you and your guys take care of these people, of these, um, of these animals, with one, with one caveat, with one condition, you, no homicide, you can't kill anybody. Lucky Luciano and Meyer Lansky were partners, as, as, every, as many people know in, in mob history. Lucky Luciano Charlie, came, to, he came to Meyer Lansky, and he says to him, Mr. Lansky, by the way, I knew Meyer Lansky personally. Uh, for me, he was, a, he was a, a Jewish hero, a great guy. So Charlie Lucky Luciano comes to him, and he says to him, Meyer, you need any help from my guys? And Meyer Lansky says, Charlie, listen, thank you very much. This is a Jewish problem. And we Jews will take care of it ourselves. And they went up to Yorkville, and they were throwing guys out of the window, threw stink bombs in the place and so forth. And they gave the, the American Nazi Party a good run for the money. Now, this was not only in Newark, New Jersey. It was not only in Manhattan. It also took place in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and Chicago. And in Chicago, they had a, a fellow there, two great prize fighters that fought the Nazis, Barney Ross. And mm -hmm. he had a friend of his by the name of Jack Rubenstein that helped him fight the Nazis. Now, you remember Jack Rubenstein? I remember the name, sure. Jack Ruby. Oh, that's who it is, Jack Ruby? That's who it was. Jack Ruby participated in beating up Nazis. So, again, you're talking about an aspect of the Jewish uh, history, the mob, and their remarkable contribution at that time. Let me go one step further. Meyer Lansky participated and contributed tremendously in the time of the Second World War. He cooperated with the Department of Navy. Uh, Charles Heffernan was the United States Intelligence Officer for the United States Navy. Came to um, Moses Polakoff, who was the attorney for both Charlie Lucky Luciano and Meyer Lansky. There was a sinking of a ship called the uh, Normandy in the docks of New York, and they were concerned that this at the time was a um, was German... Um, German infiltration, German sabotage, and so there was a need for cooperation on the docks to protect against sabotage, and the deal was worked out with Ducky Luciano, who was in jail at the time that ultimately he got released. Meyer Lansky played a very significant role in making sure that the longshoremen, through the influence of the Italians, controlled the docks of the city of New York so that there wouldn't be and, any sabotage. And New Jersey, um, and New Jersey. And, of course, New Jersey, when I say Port of New York, Port of New Jersey, right. same thing. Right. Now, the, the next contribution, a remarkable contribution, 
was the struggle for the independence to get to, to rid to rid Palestine of the British and then to create the state of Israel. And in that, uh, Truman was quick to recognize the state of Israel, but reinvoked the Neutrality Act, making it criminal for um, anybody to supply arms, weapons, either to Arabs or right. Jews right. in Palestine at the time of 46, 47. But uh, 48. But there, there was the Arabs didn't need arms because they were getting supplied by the British. Yeah, I, I also I don't want to give the impression that this was all done. I mean, there were there were a lot of people involved, not just the circles you're describing, but many well, men. Well, 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 there was an, an organization called the Sonnenborn Group, which was consisted of wealthy uh, Jews, right. Jewish businessmen and Zionists. But they went to Meyer Lansky and to Longy's Roman because they needed the dock connections to ship those arms to Palestine. And, and it was only, and, and it was only, and it was. You're making reference to Nachum. It's called the Pledge, and it was written by a fellow right. by the name of Slater. And it was it's only, and it was only, and it was only the, uh, and it was not government officials. It was only the unions they were looking for. They didn't need government officials helping this. No, no. In fact, in, no government officials uh, and the, your um, your legitimate organizations were reluctant to get involved in something like right, this because yes. it was criminal Correct. to ship arms and weapons and so forth to uh, Palestine. So. Not, so in the case of Haganah, Ben-Gurion went to a fellow by the name of Zemel um, Resnick, who owned the Palisades Amusement in Asbury Park, and that was his buddy from World War I when they fought in the Jewish unit of the British Army. He cooperated with them together with Rudolf Sonnenborn, who had industrialists from all over the United States buying up excess surplus ammunition and equipment, and shipping it to, um, to to Palestine when it went through the port of New York and New Jersey, that's where you needed the connections with right. Meyer Lansky and Longy, who went to Frank Costello and Albert Anastasia and said to him, "Listen, control your guys. You got Sox Lanza, who runs the Italians what? on the longshoremen, and you yeah. have Eddie McGrath." <laughs> well, I got I got I got to stop you for a second. <laughs> Let me remind. We have very limited time. Myron Sugarman is with us. His autobiography is uh, entitled. Um, his autobiography is entitled The Chronicles of the Last Jewish Gangster from Meyer to Myron. He speaks, one second, he speaks at Lido Beach Synagogue. That's still on, right? August 20th, am I right? Right, that's Sunday morning. Sunday morning, he speaks at Lido Beach Synagogue on the 27th of August, which is the following Sunday. He'll be at Chabad and Mineola out on Long Island, and he has a bunch of speaking engagements coming up uh, throughout the next few months, including interest that they have. Uh, in you in Las Vegas and in England. At the mob, at the mob museum. Now, without Lansky, without Lansky in the picture, would all of them had been close to being this dedicated to the cause, or he? It, it was only his influence that led the group to be this dedicated to the founding of the state of Israel and helping those who needed arms in Palestine. That generation, my father's time, as far as guys that worked in the underworld mobsters and so forth, they were the most patriotic Jews on the face of the earth. If well, you made a remark about a Jew, forget about it. Have you seen what's going on right now in Virginia? If that, if the Minutemen existed today in child, now, this begs a very important historical question. And I'm going to ask this to you to ask to your wonderful audience, all right? Yeah. Let, this begs the question, what if there was a Jewish underworld in Munich in 1921-22 when... Hitler, Yamach, Shimon, all those Understood, animals were meeting together in the Schellengasse yeah. at the, uh, and, and, and uh, 
What, what if there was a Jewish mob? Yeah, I, I get your point, but I, you got to answer my question. Lansky, sure. Lansky gets what type of credit? Would this group have been nearly as involved and nearly as helpful to those who needed arms in Palestine if not for his leadership? He played a, an important role as far as leadership is concerned, but you also had my, you also had Lansky's role. But, but my, your, your your question is very good. Meyer Lansky was the man. And the reason Meyer you, you Lansky, know you know the you know the, re- the, you, you, the, the, the reason I'm the, the reason I'm asking the question is because history sort of paints him as that leader because of the fact that that Israel would not accept him. Well, the the, the question of of Lansky's rejection, you know, the the government's rejection of his, uh, Lansky was because of tremendous pressure that was brought to bear upon Golda Meir by at that time Nixon. And uh, John Mitchell, who was the uh, United States Attorney General, they applied tremendous pressure because they wanted him back. So Meyer Lansky could use, they could use Meyer Lansky in organized crime to distract from their own criminal activities. Wow. So they wanted him badly. Wow. Now, the Israeli government had to make a decision. $3 billion worth of financial support at that time. This is going back to 1970-71. Or... Or one Jew by the name of Meyer Lansky. So a compromise was worked out. The Supreme Court said he couldn't stay. He was going to organize crime in Israel, which, in my personal opinion, would have been a very good thing. I met them. I met them, and I said, "I scratched my head, and I said to myself, you know, Jews killing Jews. It's you know, unbelievable.'" Hey, talk to, talk, talk Meyer about Lansky, Meyer Lansky was. Uh, it was. He had. And great leadership. So you, so you'd agree that Lansky becomes the poster boy for all of this because of the way both the U.S. and Israel eventually treated him? Well, he becomes the poster boy because you have to remember that it was Meyer Lansky that was on an equal level, almost on an equal level with Lucky Luciano when they formed the modern mafia in the United States. It was a combination of, you remember, we had Jewish gangs in the right. United States and all over the country. Yeah, and Meyer Lansky, everybody came to Meyer Lansky for, for direction, for guidance, and for leadership. Longies Wilman stayed in the background. That's why when I go and I give a speech and I ask for name recognition, if I mention Meyer Lansky, everybody raises their hand. Bumsy Siegel, everybody raises their hand. When it comes to Longies Wilman, unless you're from North New Jersey, you never heard of him. Right. He was a giant. This man was a giant and, on the same level with Meyer Lansky and a Jewish patriot, although he himself would never consider that. One thing I do want to say as far as the underworld is concerned. All right, go ahead. We, we, got, we, got a, we got a minute to go. Go ahead. Real fast. They were great in their, they were in their greatness and their love for being Jewish and the pride for being Jewish. They were great. Unfortunately, the majority of them did not pass the baton on to the children. I don't want your audience to think for one second that pride of Jewish is just a question of, of um, what I'm telling the mob story. There has to be knowledge of being a Jew that reinforces it so that it goes on to the next generation. I hope that uh, that message is loud and clear to your people. And, and, and those of us who have met and know for a long time um, uh, your your rabbi's son and grandchildren, I, I think you did a pretty good job in passing that on. And passing the 
the time, yeah. But then he could I screwed up. Then he could have been in a slot machine business instead. He's a common thrower of scholar, all right? I don't want I don't want I don't want you to tell that to anybody. He's, he, he, he's kidding, folks. Rabbi Betty Sugarman is an amazing and incredible rabbi down in Florida. Uh, Myron Sugarman, he is a, a very, very dear friend, known since I'm a little kid. And has um, uh, amazing stories. The book is called The Chronicles of the Last Jewish, Jewish Gangster from Meyer to Meyer. And by the way, uh, there is a New York Daily News article about it today, uh, which you could check out online. Uh, he appears this coming Sunday for a breakfast at the Lido Beach Synagogue on Long Island and the next Sunday at the Chabad of Mineola. Information, Mr. Sugarman, how do people, uh, how do people find out about your uh, tour, your book, etc.? Okay, so um, the... Um my email address is charming, like my personality, C-H-A-R-M-I-N-G, at Eclipse.net. And I'm going to repeat that, charming at Eclipse.net. My phone number, if you want to call me, 973-214-9290. I'll tell you all about it. Buy a book, no checks accepted. All right? <laughs> Let's make that perfectly clear with your audience. Thank you so much. God bless you. Good luck. God bless you all the very best. Give my love to the family and especially to your son, Bugsy Siegel. You got, you got it. Yeah, you can imagine how happy, how happy uh, Mr. Sugarman was many years ago when he heard that we named our oldest Benjamin Siegel. Thursday morning broadcast. You're listening to JM in the AM. Oh.